Get ready, it's time. Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck, is the most powerful voice in women's issues today. As the owner of Motherhood Incorporated, Sandra brings you inspiring, influential, and interesting resources to help you navigate everything from childcare to corporate formation. Each episode of Motherhood Talk Radio features guests who all have a story, experts in their field, and information you won't want to miss. We bring you everything from the latest crafting tips to how to be sexy. See in your 40s. From great parenting tips to moms facing some tough challenges, and most importantly, how to bounce back with style. Motherhood Talk Radio helps you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Being all you can be starts right here, right now. Let's do it. Here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Motherhood Talk Radio, and this is the ninth in our series of uh, Fruits of the Spirit. Now, this is really cool. We have done, Lisa and I, a total of nine hours together uh, just on this series alone, and it spun from the Fruits of the Spirit uh, art that I have in my kitchen, and I was trying to explain to my kids, and then I got confused because the Fruits of the Spirit are all intertwined, and then I really wasn't sure what forbearance was, and you know, I got like joy, peace, and love, but how do you teach joy, peace, and love to elementary school age kids? And so I started, uh, I ran on my company site, uh, Fruits of the Spirit uh, article written by Robin Beesman. You can check her out at Chain No More. And that's kind of what got me started on this. And the demand was unbelievable. And so I turned to my friend who I always turn for everything biblical and parenting because after, I don't know, seven years, I can't even remember how long I've known her. She has never led me wrong with with what she's taught me about faith and about child raising. She's the one that I trust to go to. So I'm bringing her on the show today and on eight other episodes to talk about fruits of the spirit. What are they? How do we employ them? How do we teach them? How do we use them in our home? And really, what are they? And the fruit of the spirit is a biblical term, and it sums up the nine attributes of a Christian life. And you can find this in Paul in his letter to the Galatians. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness and self-control so we're going to pick apart self-control today because we all know when we don't have self-control but when we do have self-control what does it look like what does it mean and how do we get things done because lisa in all honesty a little out of control has gotten wonders in my household (laughs) (laughs) well uh you know I, I actually on my my blog, I gave a good example, a, a kind of an embarrassing example for myself that, uh, you know, one morning I was really upset at my family. I was chewing out my husband, yelling at my kids, jumped in the car, drove to my job as a customer service person and had a smile on my face and was all nice. And, you know, no, no harsh words, no anger. I was like, you know. I really blew it there. Um, you know, if I can exhibit that kind of control all day long at work um, and with some very difficult people, I can do it at home. It's just a matter of wanting to and understanding I have to. Um, again, self-control. Um, I need to control myself. <laughs> and uh, it's. It, I think this is the biggest struggle with most of us because there's so many elements to that. Um, it's one thing to be, you know, to do to do kindness and to be nice to people. It's another thing when I'm actually having to control my mouth, control my thoughts, control my eating, control my temper. There's a lot inside of me that needs control, and and maybe that's the reason why this is the last in this series of uh, fruits of the spirit because it's perhaps the toughest one to to get a handle on. 
It is. It is a tough one to get a handle on because, you know, I go back to my kindergarten. Uh, you know, when my mom passed away, I found all this stuff in my uh, my dad's house. And he, uh, one of them was my <laughs> childhood report cards. And my kindergarten, first grade, second and third all said, like, needs to learn self-control, needs better <laughs> handwriting. And, you know, handwriting to me has to do with self-control because if I could control my hand, you know, people would say, like, why isn't your handwriting neat? And it's like... I really, I I have a motor control problem. It's very hard for me to write neatly. And it wasn't that I was being lazy or didn't want to do it. And I think my motor control kind of sometimes goes along with my self-control. And, you know, my motor mouth, that can be out of control at times, too. So self-control is a funny thing because it's not easy to, um, you know, it's not easy to apply self-control. And what's the level, you know, like, if we don't have feelings, like if we're over-controlled, then we can explode or like, it's just this the whole self-control thing is, is tough for me because there's a lot of lines. There are a lot of lines. And I think sometimes people think that self-control means stuffing everything down, which if you just stuff everything down and are, uh, you know, quietly brewing inside that's really not what we're talking about here um because ultimately like you said at some point you're going to blow you can't just keep it there forever or you know then you can start getting physical problems mental problems um that's not what it's about um that's a good step (laughs) that's a step in the right direction but we're talking about heart issues and and getting deep inside our emotions and our um our spiritual side and tapping into that strength that only God can give us, honestly, to overcome some of these issues we have, whether it's controlling the mouth, controlling our eating, controlling our our emotions or our temper. Um, It's all something that, you know, we may really struggle with doing on our own, but, you know, God has promised to be there and to help us with these things. And that's where we really need to tap in to get that, that strength that we need to overcome these issues. Well, and, you know, we teach our kids to have self-control. And, you know, self-control for kids means, like, sitting in your seat, don't fidget at dinner, you know, don't spin your fork around. I mean, (laughs) you know, but it also has to do with kind of yelling and arguing and, and, you know, but there's that line of, like, you know, I get confused with raising boys, especially because I don't want my kids to grow up like the robots that, you know, like kind of my family members have become because boys can't have emotions and don't lose self-control or don't lose control and cry or be upset. You know, there's there's all those those lines now that I don't know, like where to cross. What does the Bible say about self-control? Well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> it says uh-huh. quite a few things. First of all, Proverbs 25:28 says this, like a city whose walls are broken through or has no defenses is a person who lacks self-control. So if you're not in control of yourself, you're leaving yourself open to all kinds of attacks from all different areas. Um, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27, um, I love the Apostle Paul was obviously a sports fanatic because he has a lot of, um, he makes a lot of uh, comparisons to sporting events, which when you think about it, you're talking about the first Olympics and, you know, back in those days. But this is what he says. Do you not know that in a race, all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. 
They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like somebody running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that I have that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Um, in, in a term that I learned um, in school when I was in a, a Christian school, was it wasn't self-control they taught us. It was self-government. And that really made a big difference in how I viewed the whole concept of self-control because one thing it's one thing to try to you know like you think you're you're on a you know running a team of wild horses and you're pulling back on the reins and whoa it's another thing to say you know what I am the president of my body and my mind and I am going to govern it in such a way that's pleasing to God and and uh, uplifting and beneficial and positive to others So, okay, so the Bible's pretty clear on self-control, but yet there's a lot of -of out-of-control parables in the Bible. There are, and there's some, you know, that the Bible gives us a lot of real-life examples of people that lost control of themselves. Um, And, you know, it's interesting. I've been teaching um, the class on wisdom, and we talk about, you know, the, the man, King Solomon, who was given wisdom from God because he asked for it. It's kind of a long story there, but he asked for wisdom and God said, you know what, because I get you asked for wisdom, I'm also going to give you un- an unbelievable wealth and peace because he was a king, peace on your borders, and I'm going to give you a long life, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to give you all of this. And Solomon quite literally had it all, and yet he made some very unwise choices in his life. I mean, 700 wives and 300 concubines, get real. You know? <laughs> that, that alone tells you that he, he really messed up along the way. And, um, and then, in, you know, towards the end of his life, he wrote a book called Ecclesiastes, where he, you know, it was just the writings of a, kind of an old, rather jaded man who just basically said, you know what, it's all foolishness, it's all vanity, nothing really matters except obeying God and living the life that he set before us. And, you know, when you look at it from those terms, um, we need to bring wisdom into our lives and into our, uh, you know, ask God to help us be wise in the choices we make and ask him to help us be wise in how we control our lives and govern ourselves. Hmm. Okay. I need to take us to commercial break. I was just thinking about what you said because it, you know, this is a tough concept for me. And, uh, you know, knowing where the lines are, I keep going back to lines, lines, lines because of control. Um, I'm going to take us to commercial break. My uh, lovely co host today is Lisa Dietrich. You can find her at lisadietrich.com. That's L I S A D E T R E S.com, lisadietrich.com. And there's lots of great articles on Fruits of the Spirit as well as other articles about about being in a relationship with God. Now, when we come back from the break, we're going to keep discussing this self-control and where the lines are, because I think that's hard for a lot of parents uh, to accept. I mean, boundaries are something in our culture that really have kind of gone by the wayside. They were pretty clear, at least I think, when we were little. 
Yes. Yes. So, um, you know, we want to, um, we want you guys to check out not only this Fruits of the Spirit episode, but to go to the other, uh, eight that we have, uh, because they're all intertwined and you really can't have one without the other. And you can find these at toginet.com, T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. You can find them at, uh, motherhoodtalkradio.com you can also go on iTunes and pull all of them down for free at iTunes Motherhood Talk Radio so now when we come back from the break we're going to explore more about self-control as one of the fruits of the spirit Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. Got my dreams, got my life, got my love. Got my friends, got the sunshine above. Why am I making this hard on myself when there's so many beautiful reasons I have to be happy? If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. hear about Wesley, the golden retriever puppy from Michigan that was fitted with braces? Before you think this is a bona fide insanity, Wesley was born with teeth that were so crooked he couldn't shut his mouth all the way. This was affecting his ability to eat properly. So his owners took him to the Harborfront Hospital for Animals and Veterinary Dental Solutions, where a doggy orthodontist prescribed him a set of braces. And now, pictures of Wesley smiling with his bright, shiny braces have been circling the Internet. With all that metal wrapped around their teeth, some would think that most dogs would become bruxomaniacs, but not Wesley. He doesn't mind the braces at all and is now able to eat his food with gusto. A bruxomaniac is someone with an uncontrollable urge to grind their teeth. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Word. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. 
ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and this is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we are talking today about the fruits of the Spirit, and we're talking about self-control. Now, self-control, Lisa, and this is where I get really interested, has definitely a biological component, because I see both of my kids changing from little boys into young men, you know, marinating in hormones, and I'm seeing how my very, very self-controlled son is becoming less self-controlled, and I can see it. I can see his hormones. I can see his skin. I can see all these things changing in him. And one of the things that's happening with him is some of these challenges with self-control. And that is something that I want to talk about, the physiological part, because it also happens with us as women at certain times of the month. And then as we go through menopause, I haven't gotten there yet, but I have two friends who are, and I'm like, oh my God, dun, 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 dun. here comes the witch, good witch of the West. <laughs> and I think it makes it harder for everyone because we all change physiologically over time. And I've also seen as people age, they get more self-control or as they get sick, they get less self-control. So, you know, it's really kind of a fluid thing. It is. And, you know, I've kind of considered, thought about if I had it to do over again, I might go into medicine just so I can specialize in hormones, the study of hormones, because, You know, the more I look into it, the more I realize that really has a lot to do with how we feel during a day and and how we feel during certain times of the month. And we know, you know, a teenager is going through puberty. That's the hormones just take over and scramble everything. So, you know, with your older son, uh, mind and body are not one anymore. Um, And, you know, even with the menopausal thing, um, you know, if the hormones are kept in balance or, you know, um, there, there isn't quite so much strange stuff going on. So, um, you know, and uh, there is definitely a physiological background to our self-control that we we're talking about. Um, I found this website that, that talked about the dendrites in the brain. And if you think, you know, we see a picture of the brain and it kind of has two hemispheres and it looks like a, kind of like a blob sitting there with lines in it. But deeper down inside, there's what they call dendrites. They're kind of like roots. Think of roots on a tree or roots on a plant. And like a tree or a plant, those roots grow. But in our brains, the roots grow in the direction that we, where we repeat things. So, you know, they talk about practice makes perfect. Um, repeating an action over and over again actually grows the dendrites, the roots in our brain, uh, to, to uh, a stronger level. And it becomes a habit and it becomes a lifestyle and it becomes a way of life. Um, and we can make that happen in our self-control. Now, one of the things I would say is that don't try to control everything all at once. Let's pick one thing going on in our lives that we feel like we're out of control or that we could definitely stand to work on and work on that one thing. Get those dendrites going in the right direction. What will happen is over time, the dendrites that were pushing us the other way, whatever habit we had that we wanted to overcome, those will start shrinking away as the new ones grow. And um, it will become a lifestyle. That doesn't mean that we can just kind of let lax off, but it'll become easier and easier every time we make a positive change in the direction we want to go. So pick one area, maybe your eating, maybe your mouth, maybe whatever. Pick that one thing and work on that one. And give yourself plenty of time and plenty of grace because we are going to fall off the wagon. We are going to make mistakes. And give ourselves plenty of time, several weeks, maybe a few months, 
or years to to make forward progress and to overcome those areas that we felt like we were not so strong and not so good in, not so controlled in. Absolutely. You know, and it does take time. I know, like, for me, Lisa, I went through this space of, like, you know, speaking up, like I was too self-controlled. I was too over-controlled and it took me, you know, months to be able to speak up and find my voice again, which was really funny for somebody, you know, obviously who makes her living, you know, talking um, for me to have that challenge in my life. Uh, I had it. But, you know, you talked about having grace with this. And, you know, grace is such a great word. And, you know, grace is what God gives us. You know, the patience that we show, the grace we show with our children, we need to really adopt that and embrace it in us. Because when we are patient with ourselves, we're less apt to quit. You know, whether it's weight loss, whether it's behavior changes, whether it's parenting changes, you know, there was a time I have, both of my kids are really combative. Their dad is combative. They like to argue. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It'll make them great lawyers someday or great arguers someday, or they could go in front of Congress and filibuster for hours. But I'm not an arguer. And arguing to me is painful. And I, I don't like to argue and I don't like conflict. And one of the things that happened to me, Lisa, was getting embroiled in this talk about self-control, I started arguing back. And then I realized, ooh, I'm a really good arguer. You know, we didn't argue in our family. And I'm like, I can argue with the best of them. And And my dad was visiting um, when he first came out to live with us. He was like, wow, Sam, you really argue with your kids. And I was like, who, me? I don't argue with my kids. And I realized that, granted, I was arguing back. I wasn't the instigator of the arguments, but I had gotten in the habit of arguing with them. And it took me probably, I would say, Lisa, a good two, three months to kind of get that behavior under control on my part. And I'm a grown woman. It took me that long not to have that instinctual reaction or to get get back into that because that had kind of become a normal And that's where, you know, self-control, I think, gets easier in grades. But we also have to recognize, like you said, that takes time. It does take time. And, you know, we're going through this list of fruits of the Spirit, but it is not all-inclusive of the Christian life because there's definitely a lot of room for grace and forgiveness. And there's so many other attributes. I mean, we could keep this going on for a long time, Sandra. (laughs) But, um, you know, when we talk about changing our ways and and making new habits and and overcoming, you know, learning how to control ourselves or govern ourselves better, um, I I always remember something the Apostle Paul said, because even he struggled with doing the right thing. And in Romans chapter 7, he says this, and I kind of am giving you the, the background a little bit too. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good lives, dwells. For to will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, the sin that lives in me. So even he struggled with doing what he knew he should do or not doing what he knew he shouldn't do. We all go through these struggles. Everybody struggles with that. So give yourself some grace. Give yourself some 
um, you know, uh, a little bit of patience and, and pat yourself on the back when you do overcome. It's like, hey, I made the right decision here. Yay for me. Um, but that doesn't mean you can go and make the wrong decision next time. Just, you know, make a little note of it. It's like, hey, I did, I did it. I did it. Let's do it again next time. And next time that temptation comes up, I made the right choice last time. Let me do it again. And, um, you know, it does take a long time to get over, especially it seems like bad habits. <laughs> That's where we talk about the sin nature. You know, um, it may be our nature to do these things, but it's not necessarily the nature that God wants us to have. So the, it is a bit of an uphill battle, but the rewards are so wonderful. When you finally overcome one of those struggles that you've had in life, and you can look back and go, wow, I don't do that anymore. That is so cool. Well, and I found that like I was sitting in the car one day and, you know, one of my kids yapped at me about something and my instinct was still there to yap back. Like I could feel it like I'm like and I knew what I was going to say came right into my head, you know, some snarky, you know, I'm going to show you kind of thing. And I just kept driving and I, you know, didn't say anything. And he's like, yapped at me again and then yapped at me again. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to have this argument with you. We can have a discussion, but I'm not going to fight with you. There you go. Yay. Yeah. And it was like, eh, like, well, their mom's no fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. And sometimes that's what it takes. I mean, there are some things that will go away if you ignore them. Not everything, but some things do. So, um, you know, we have to kind of pick our battles wisely. But, um, you know, we, we can, um, you know, these are the fruits that are already in us. And it's there. Even if you don't feel like you have any control over some particular part of your life, the the um the power to overcome it is already within you. Second Timothy one seven says, For the Spirit of God does not get make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self discipline. Wow. That's so good. Because self-discipline helps us a lot. You know, we don't get fat overnight. We don't get, like, out of shape overnight. We don't get old overnight. We don't get into a lot of these habits, you know, with different, you know, substances overnight. You know, they happen over time. So building self-control is really good. And, you know, Lisa, when it comes to self-control and our kids, I get it from the parent side. But one of the things, and we're going to talk about this after the break, that I really want to get into is... You know, with the Internet and with texting and video games, everything is instant. And I want to share something that happened on our basketball team or I'm sorry, on our baseball team recently with, uh, you know, the use of computer technology, which is a really great thing. But in learning self-control, not so much. Uh, this is Sandra Beck and Lisa Dietrich of Motherhood Talk Radio. We're talking about fruits of the spirit today and we're talking about self-control. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to share a couple of things that that are happening with today's kids because they're happening with my kids and their peers with respect to self-control. Now we're going to be talking about computer games. We're going to be talking about computers. We're going to be talking about tablets. And I want to make it clear. I run a technology company. Lisa works for technology and, and has for many years. So we are not anti-technology, but we all need to be mindful of what technology is doing with ourselves and our children. So when we come back from the break, we're going to have a spirited discussion about this. This is Sandra Beck from Motherhood Talk Radio. We'll be back after the break. Listen as your day unfolds. Challenge what the future holds. Try and keep your head up to the sky. 
Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. years ago, some fishermen off the coast of Italy discovered some pottery along with fish in their nets. Divers were called out and discovered an ancient Roman ship whose galley, or caboose, a nautical term for kitchen, was extremely intact. Some of the food uncovered on board was pickled fish, wine, oil, and grain used to make the ship's biscuits, otherwise known as dandy funks. It is thought the 2,000-year-old boat was probably on its way to Spain when it sunk and was covered by layers of mud, baggy rings and all. Baggy wrinkles are another name for the ship's ropes. The mud protected the ship from wear, explaining why the leftover food on board was still in such good condition. We land lovers may not be familiar with leftovers on the sea, but we are familiar with leftovers in our kitchen. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey ladies, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich and we're talking about fruits of the spirit today and the topic of the hour is self-control. One of the things that I've seen lately and I have an elementary school age kid and I, I volunteer at the school and I talk to the teachers and one of the kindergarten teachers uh, talked to me recently about an astonishing experience that she had about a little girl who had not colored with crayons and she was so frustrated with the picture books and with the crayons because she kept swiping them. She kept swiping them with her finger and they actually had to teach this little girl and she wasn't from a third world country that never had a crayon before in their life or a coloring book. She was from Southern California and this little girl had been on the tablet and she had been swiping and swiping her iPhone and mom's iPhone or dad's iPhone but the fact of the matter was this little girl came to school 
without knowledge of crayons and without knowledge of how to read a real book. Everything had been electronic. And, you know, this raised red, red flags with my friend who's a kindergarten teacher. And another episode that I experienced last year was at baseball when the little t-ball kids were coming up. And this one kid was going bananas, Lisa. He was so upset. And he couldn't understand why he didn't hit a home run. And I was baffled. I was just sitting there going, like, eh, what's wrong with this kid? You know, like, like every other parent. <laughs> but then when the coach, you know, the, the coach who was so great, he sat down with them and he's like, why would you? He goes, did you watch a home run on, on TV? Like, why would you think about a home run? This is T-ball. He goes, we just want you to hit the ball. Well, he just looked at him and he wasn't being snotty or anything. And he's like, I've been playing wee baseball. You know, like, just looked at him like, you know, because I already hit, you know, 100 home runs. And in his reality, at like five years old or four years old or six years old, whatever they are in T-ball, he was convinced that there was something wrong with him because he could not master baseball because his reality was so tied to the video games and where he was an expert and you know crowds would cheer and there were other kids that were a little frustrated because there was nobody going yay and like things weren't going on all crazy because they hit the ball now parents were going yay but that's not the same input as a video game gives them and i'm not you know, down on all video games, and I use cell phones, and my kids have cell phones, and we have tablets and computers, so I get that. But in teaching self-control, you talked about, you know, bad habits we get into. Well, these reality video games do create a false reality with our kids. And my older son, Lisa, I'm going to tell you this, I tackled him and pinned him to the ground in like three seconds flat using my military training because he was so sure that after playing, you know, his Grand Theft Auto and some of these other games that I'm horrified by that he plays not at my house but at other houses, that he thought he was so big and bad and tough. And I'm like, oh, I can take you. I can take you right now. Boom, two, three, down on the floor. And he was shocked. And, you know, but the point being is, that reality is amended by these video games and these video phone tablet experiences in the kids' formative years. And when we talk about self-control and we have Amazon's one click, which I, I, I love, I don't have a shopping habit, but you know, you buy it, you see a book, you want it one click, you're done. It's right there on your Kindle. I don't have to go to the store. I don't have to do anything. Self-control and instant gratification don't really go hand in hand. And that's what some of this stuff is teaching us, both children and adults. Very true. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how to raise your children. I just know that for our family, um, there was we made sure there was plenty of outdoor time. Um, we actually bought a property with five acres so that the kids could go play outside. And so if they told me they were bored, I'd just laugh and point to the door. Go. Um, one year at Christmas, my husband put his foot down and said, I am buying a Nintendo because I want one. I'm like, okay, I don't, but okay. And it's not that I didn't want one. I had seen the addictive nature that those um, systems, you know, they're just, they're addictive for some people. And I just felt like that probably wasn't a good thing for us. But we went ahead and got the Nintendo and we still have it. And we can probably sell it for a lot now because we have all the games. But we saw that with our kids, that uh, the boys especially, one of the boys, he just got addicted to it. And one day somebody walked between him and the screen and he went crazy. He went berserk. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. We're not going to have this. And so we 
made it a point to manage that time much better with the kids that, you know, they had the responsibilities, they had things they needed to do. And if their grades got below a certain point, the the box got packed up and sent away for the rest of the school year. And um, that may, you know, sound a little heavy handed, but, you know, I wanted to make sure that the kids were actually reading rule books, playing board games, getting outside, getting involved in sports and actually um, enjoying the realities of life and not the virtual reality that so many of them um, were growing up then and see even more now. Um, and that's a parenting thing. That's a parenting choice. It's very easy to hand a tablet to a kid and keep them occupied for hours so that you can go do your thing. Um, it's another thing to actually interact with them, take them to the park and play with them, and, you know, sit down and color with them. I see more adults coloring now than I see kids, which I think is kind of funny. Um, it is funny. Well, and it's a balance. It's a it's a it's a juggling act. Like as a single mom for me with two kids, I'll be honest. I used tablets with my toddlers because if I needed to work and I didn't have a babysitter and we're going to lose our home because I'm not paying the bills, like it was this juggling act. But you know, there was a time and place for everything, and I had to make sure that we all got outside and we all did this. And Lisa, I'm the first to say that I have stayed up till two o'clock in the morning playing Candy Crush. I have played, you know, so many of these like logic, you know, color matching, size matching video games, Diamond Dash, you know, I can start on them and then I want to play it every day. And I, I keep a tablet in my bathroom. So when I'm going to the bathroom, I'm like, okay, now what can I play? What can I play? And I, I go through this thing, but then I literally have to put, keep the tablet in there, shut the door and disconnect myself because the kids will bust me on it. And they're like, mom, you're as bad as we are. And I'm like, I know that's why we have to have specific controls because I know I don't have the self-control. I was the one who played in the 80s, this Temple of Ra, and you had to learn hieroglyphics, and you had to read the walls, and there was a monkey that came and stole the scarab, and it had 150 levels, and I practically played till my eyeballs bled because I was going to get to that 150th level. Like, I, I just did that, and it took me like a month and a half of my life, and, you know, I laugh about it now, but I know my own propensity, and I'm an adult. Well, and you know, and and I don't mean to come down on this generation because you know when TV came out, people would park their kids in front of the TV, and you know it was the same thing. Um, you know, uh, back back in the, in my day, um, so you know it gets back to yes, self control and structuring your time because there's nothing wrong with playing games. Um, it, you know, it's funny, my younger son, because I, you know, I saw his great hand-eye coordination on playing the games, the one that freaked out when somebody walked between him and the TV. And I put a, put the brakes on and put him in piano lessons because, you know, if you have that great hand-eye coordination, let's do something productive with it. Well, what's he doing now? He's doing IT in the Navy, you know, so he came back and said, see, Mom, all those games really was good for me. I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, there, there are some benefits to it, and um, I'm not bashing the gaming. I personally just don't get into it. They stress me out more than anything, but I can totally appreciate people love doing it, and that's fine. Um, let's structure some time now. Let's have some reading time. Let's, let's just turn off everything and disconnect and go for a walk. Let's go sit outside and enjoy the sunset. You know, we, we all need to kind of structure some time to appreciate 
reality. It's not so bad, really. <laughs> well, and I think a lot of it is like, you know, we hear these terms like mindfulness, you know, we hear all these things like be mindful. And, you know, one of the things that like hit me over the head was that I posted on Facebook recently, you know, which was when did the person on the phone become more important than the person sitting next to us? And, you know, that kind of really hit home to me. And my little brother took a picture of one of my family members at Thanksgiving and at the Thanksgiving table, you know, my sister had done this great job and like all three kids and her husband were on their phone, like just, you know, and they were just doing something. I don't know. My brother thought it was funny and took a picture of it because that's what he does. He's the same brother that took a picture of me that when I fell knee deep into my mom's grave during her funeral. Um, but these are, you know, real life snippets, but it really got to me going, I, I, I'm that person. Like, you know, if somebody buzzes in, even when I'm on the radio, it's like, I'll look over to see who it is. Cause it's like, and then there was another article that I read that I didn't post that said some people check their phone up to 110 times a day. And I thought, Ooh, I got to really like, take a, a piece of paper and make a note every time I check my phone, every time I check my phone. And I was about half that, but that that's, that's crazy. Like I don't check anything 50 times a day and I check my phone. It is another addiction, and that's a difficult thing in my family because we'll go out to dinner and, you know, look at the table, and we all have our phones out. And I'm like, hey, how about we put the phones away for a while? Um, and I've heard people saying, you know, they'll go out with some friends, and they'll all put their phones in the middle of the table. First one that reaches for their phone pays the check for the table. <laughs> so oh, that's hilarious. Um, well, but- I can tell you, I, it was like a bucket of cold water. My son's 13th birthday. We have a beautiful pool. We've got acreage. I bought all these pool toys for the kids to play on. They were all sitting at the picnic table, not eating each of them on their phone. And I just blew a gasket and I, I went out there with a basket, literally. And I said, everybody put your phones in the basket. And they were like, what? <laughs> you know, you thought I would have like, you know, slaughtered a kitten and asked them to fry it up and eat it for for lunch and you know but i took those phones and i put them all in the basket and i put the basket in my bedroom and i'm like done when you leave and you can't go home right now you get your phone back and i was really unpopular for about 15 minutes then they started running and playing in the pool and being boys and doing the things that i wanted them to do on a birthday party which is play enjoy and party and have a fun time not sit there with their nose in a phone um when we come back from the break we're going to talk more about this because there are some great tips i do not allow cell phones at my dinner table when the kids come to dinner when grandpa comes to dinner at 82 cell phones on the table not on the kitchen table thank you very much we'll be back after the break Stay with us. There's lots more great conversation to come on Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck right after these messages.
If you could live your life truly standing in a place of peace, joy, and abundance, wouldn't that make your heart soar? Now you can with Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi, Mondays at noon central. Kimberly Rinaldi, having created a highly successful coaching practice, now teaches Lessons in Joyful Living. She believes in empowering others and that through it, you have the ability to break through any and all barriers, thus allowing you to reach your greatest potential and joyfully step into your life's purpose. What used to take weeks, months, or even years, she can now teach you in a matter of hours with her programs. For more on Kim and her show, go to her website, KimberlyRinaldi.com. That's R-I-N-A-L-D-I.com. Then join us for Lessons in Joyful Living with your host, Kimberly Rinaldi. get a kick out of the warning labels companies attach to prevent lawsuits from the hooky crooky of this world. A warning label on a dishwasher cautioned not to put any person in the unit. Speaking of dishwashers, one product warning on a television remote control read, not dishwasher safe. That's too bad because we know how dirty the remote control gets. In fact, we press the buttons even harder when we know the battery is dead. What are we, part of the ridiculati? A warning on a baby stroller read, remove child before folding. Here's one for the blunderbusses and poppin' jays among us. A label on a letter opener read, safety goggles recommended. Call me snarky, but any society that needs this many disclaimers has too many lawyers, pedophagers, and snollygosters. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck, bringing you interesting, influential, and inspiring guests every week, helping you make a difference in your world and the world around us. Let's get back to the show. Here's Sandra Beck. Hey, ladies, this is Sandra Beck, and I'm really excited to have uh, Lisa Dietrich with me here today, and we are talking about self-control, and Elisa and I were talking about, like, we're not going to go self-control with eating because that's just not fair, and we don't want to go there because I struggle with it, Lisa struggles with it, oh my God, every mother struggles with it, I don't care who you are, Um, and so, but we were talking about cell phones and we were talking about this digital stuff and having some, uh, rules about, um, about usage because there is always one jerk mom or dad that in the middle of our baseball season, we're all sitting on the bleachers and everybody's rooting for the kids and some jerk picks up his phone and he's got to talk about his business deal like this. And it was $500 and you know, I don't know what to And I'm sitting there going, would you shut up my kids batting? And you know, I have the self-control not to punch him in the head, but where do manners fit within self-control? Because Everybody looks at this guy like he is such a jerk, and maybe he likes the attention, probably. But also, he just ignores everybody around him, and he's doing his call. It's like, you know what? Walk over to the parking lot or at you know school musical stuff. Take your phone out in the hallway and make your call if it's that important. But but please don't impede on my right to sit here in self-control and enjoy watching my kid. 
totally agreed. And there's a level of etiquette that people really haven't learned when it comes to electronics, um, even, you know, email and all of those things. And um, I, I think it's, you know, incredibly rude to go out to dinner with somebody and everybody's sitting there on their phones. It's like saying, you know what, my little device in my hand is more important to me than you are right now. And like you were talking about the kids' birthday party, when all the kids pull their phones out, they just haven't learned manners. And the parents don't understand manners and being considerate um, of others and their feelings. Like you went to a lot of trouble to throw this party, not so the kids could all sit there on their phones. They can do that at home. They can do that anywhere else. Um, so, you know, and it is a part of self-control. It's... Um, you know, um, when we think about manners, I, I love something my mom used to say, and she was quoting somebody else, and I can't remember who. I think, um, oh, one of those old-time actresses. But she said, manners are just a matter of being considerate of the feelings of other people. And if you really stop and think about it, you know, when I go out to dinner with my family, and they, you know, I, I'm in, determined to sit there with my phone in my purse and not pull it out. And I look up, you know, I'm reading my menu, and I look up, and they're on their phones. I'm like, okay, let's put the phones away and talk. <laughs> and, you know, we talk for a few minutes, and then the phones come out. It's like, wait, put the phones away. Um, it, you know, it's, it's one of those things. It's, it's a habit. It's an addiction. And it's something that um, that's another thing that we need to take into control um, it was great. You know, the three weeks I was in Africa, I did not take my cell phone with me. I did take an old cell phone only for the sake of taking pictures. And it turns out I could actually get on the Internet once in a while. But um, I was disconnected from that phone for three weeks. And then as soon as I got back, I had to send it off for my my iPhone. I had to send it off for repairs. So there was another week. So four weeks in August, I was without a cell phone. And you know what? I did not die the world did not fall apart. Everything was okay. I was able to reconnect with people and it was all good. So, you know, it's one of those things we kind of have to put it into perspective and say, you know, um, this is a great, wonderful device. I love the fact I can have a computer in my hand and, um, you know, be in touch with people. And if somebody needs to call me or text me or get a hold of me, they can. Um, but I can be considerate. So when I go to a Bible study on Wednesday morning and, um, you know, some of the people don't know how to mute their phones. So, you know, um, we need to learn how to use these devices so that we can be considerate of others and in the places where we are. Um, put your phone on mute. Put it on vibrate so that, yeah, if you're waiting for that important call, you can take the call. Uh, but step out of the room. Excuse yourself. Take the, you know, pick up the phone. Step out. Um, and, you know, um we, we can teach our kids to be considerate. We can teach them that, you know what, uh, like you do at your dinner table, there's no phones here. Put the phones over there. And, you know, and it's your home. So if you want to invite, you know, the kids bring the, their friends over, we're going to come over and we're going to swim or we're going to play in the yard um, and we're going to leave the phones over here by the door and then you can have them when you leave. That's okay. And either they'll not want to come because they can't disconnect that long or they'll come and have a wonderful time and find out that there are other things to do in life besides checking your phone 110 times a day. 
Absolutely. And, you know, you miss so much. And this was one of the things that I did a show um, on, uh, it might have been on motherhood, I'm not sure. I can't remember which show I was on, Lisa, but the I had a psychologist on and she was talking about, and she was been in practice for 33 years. And for the first time in her life, she is seeing children coming in and complaining that their parents aren't present. And they're not using those terms, but they're like, my mom doesn't care about me. My dad doesn't care about me. And she was talking about when she gets to the root of things, when these kids have some event, they're at soccer, they're at um, a concert, they're performing, they're reading their poem at the school talent show. And the parents aren't paying attention to them because they're on their phone. They're texting, they're playing games, they're on Facebook. And I challenge you, the next adult event you go to for kids, you know, where the adults are watching kids, look in the audience and see how many parents are stuck with their face in their phone. I was one of them at one point, and one of the moms looked at me and she goes, you know, your kid's coming up to bat, you don't want to miss this. And I was so embarrassed, I was so mortified, because I'd get engrossed in this email, and it was for work, and I get it, I'm juggling single mom, but I was embarrassed, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, if a kid has this, every time they look up at the outfield, it's almost better for the parent not to be there than to be there and be disinterested in what the kid is doing. I really encourage all parents to watch that. It happened to me. I missed it. I've been better at it and I've gotten better at it, but I really wasn't aware of it. And my kid's looking at me from the batter's box, turning around and I've got my face in the phone. What message does that send them? Well, and we need to think about what message we're sending to our kids and to other people when um, we're in an inter- in an environment where we should be interacting, but instead we're interacting with our computers, which is our phones. Um, it, again, it gets back to self-control. It gets back to consideration. It gets back to those other fruits of the spirit. Are we showing love? Are we showing joy? Are we showing kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? when we can't even keep our phone put away for five minutes. Um, one of the things I'd like to um, kind of mention here is um, some uh, a way of kind of transitioning our thought process and our minds and hearts to the things of the Spirit. Um, this is Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What God's calling us to do as as his people is to really turn this this whole life we have upside down, turn the way we think upside down. So, um, you know, in terms of the technology we've been talking about today on in self-control, there's nothing wrong with the technology itself. I, I really like my cell phone. I like my computer. Um, uh, you know, I'm kind of nerdy like that. I like these devices. But we can kind of consider them as a tool to help us live our lives better but not something to fall into so that we don't have to interact with other people. People need interaction. They need our attention. They need our love. They need hugs. And we need to be giving it to them. We are the hands and feet of Christ here on earth. And if nobody is going to show them that love that, that they need, you know, the special attention, the love, the kindness, who's going to show it to them? Who's going to teach them about who God is and who, how he loves them through us. 
We need to make sure that we're putting our uh, phones down, that we're really giving people our undivided attention because they need it. And we need that. Yeah, I mean, we need it. You know, we don't want to talk to our our husband or wife and have their nose in the phone. It's as bad as having your nose in the TV. And I get it. Like, there's certain conversations you want to have with your kids, the kinesthetic learners that can be on a video game or a device and have this conversation. But that's a vast majority of the population. And, you know, paying attention to the person you're with, there's already so many distractions out there. How can you have and sustain intimacy if you don't have the self-control to get off the phone. Exactly. And I, I would challenge anybody, you know, to um, consider that device as a tool that helps us live our lives easier, but not something we need to bury ourselves in. There's so much more out there. There's so much going on. And it's not just the phone. It's the TV. It's the rate. I mean, there's so many other things that can distract us. Let's practice. Let's, you know, if you even need to say between the hours of 5 and 7 p.m. every night, all the electronic devices are going down. Yeah, you can keep your phone on vibrate. So if there's an emergency phone call, you can take it. But otherwise, let's just, you know, find some real life things that we can do. Let's pull out the crayons and the paper. Let's pull out the board games. Let's, you know, go for a walk. Let's enjoy this world. Let's enjoy nature. Let's do a science experiment. There's thousands of other things that you can do. Besides looking at your phone and it will, you know, free you up to maybe do some of those things you've always wanted to do. Well, and that's a beautiful thing. And I remind everyone today, because my brother is a NASA rocket scientist, we're not rocket scientists preventing the meteor from crashing in the Earth. We're not Christy Holly's husband, a first responder who has to come and run and save lives, or my friend Cheryl's husband, who's a brain surgeon, a trauma surgeon, and he flies everywhere to handle these traumas, or actually the people with brain traumas fly to him. Real applications for wanting to be checked but if for most everything else let's just shut the phone off turn the phone off turn it on vibrate unplug yourself unplug your kids guess what you might find that you have a happier family a happier day now i personally am thankful because you're probably listening to me on one of these devices so i get that there's everything in moderation everything in balance i wish you the best this week and we'll be back next week and i encourage you to look at all of the other episodes on fruits of the spirit for lisa dietrich and sandra beck Have a great day. Thanks for being with us today on Motherhood Talk Radio, starring Sandra Beck. Motherhood 